0: This is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, Dr. Andy Johnson. Today we're going to take a little bit of a segue. I'm going to talk about teacher professionalism. Now, when we talk about teacher professionalism, we mean the attributes that define what a professional teacher should be. I'm going to share with you my attributes that I believe define teacher professionalism. They're based on the perspective that I hold as a holistic educator. They're mine, you can't have them. You need to identify and define your own set of attributes and I'll explain that at the end. But the first attribute for teacher professionalism. If you're a professional educator, you care about your students. This is the most professional of all behaviors. You want the very best for your students. You truly want them to reach their full potential as students and as human beings living on the good planet Earth. Second, you relate to and with your students. Teaching starts with a relationship. Until then, you're just a dancing monkey standing up in front of your students performing tricks. Number three, teacher professionalism. You demonstrate unconditional positive regard for your students, your colleagues, and yourself. To teach fully, you have to accept your students unconditionally. You may not always accept their behaviors, but you let them know that you accept them as human beings just the way they are. Your acceptance of them is not performance-based. Unconditional positive regard means that you accept people, yourself, students, other teachers, and friends, as they are, not as you would like them to be teacher professional attribute number four you prepare and are prepared if you care about your students which is number one if you care about their learning which is number two and their impact on the world you are prepared to teach them every day they are worthy of your time effort energy creativity and intellect the planning and preparation of your daily lessons curriculum, and general classroom rules and procedures is a way of honoring your students and the teaching profession. Number five, you engage in personal and professional reflection. Now, there are three levels of reflection. Level one, after each teaching episode, you reflect to identify those things that worked well and those things that you could do differently. There's no such thing as the perfect lesson. We all have things that we need to tweak. Level two, you reflect to see what you're if what you're doing aligns with what you know about teaching and learning. Does it reflect best practice? Can you find research or research-based theory to support what you're doing? Or is what you are doing based on an I thinkism? And level three, the third level of reflection. You reflect to see if what you're doing is in harmony with your values and your philosophy. Hence, the importance of identifying these things your values and your philosophy. The sixth teacher professional attribute you are willing to change and grow. You do not see your current state as a teacher or a human being as an end state. You see, teaching and being human both is dynamic states. To change and to grow is to be alive. To stay the same is to die. You realize that learning is never complete. You engage in some sort of professional development constantly. Seven, you invest in humans. An investment in yourself is the wisest sort of investment. You spend time in some personal growth activities like daily reflection, personal reading, meditation, spiritual activities, or endeavors that focus on the development of interpersonal or intrapersonal intelligence, the arts, or social activities. You invest in yourself as well in terms of diet, sleep, exercise, and recreation. What is good for the teacher is good for the students you see your students and other humans as worthy of investing your time and energy as well. Thus, in your teaching, you do not simply attend to students' frontal lobes. You try to attend to the whole child, their intelligence, emotions, creativity, imagination, rationality, spirituality, intuition, and their social selves. You create activities, lessons, and experiences that might lead to their total growth as human beings. Number eight, you are fully present in your teaching and being. You allow your whole self to be present in your teaching. Your whole self is a tool that can help you perceive and understand your students and yourselves. It also enables you to create better, more multidimensional learning experiences. You are fully present in the moment. You are focused and thinking about your teaching and your students. You allow yourself to use humor, emotions, intuition, creativity, imagination, as well as logic and knowledge in your teaching and decision-making. When you are fully present in your teaching, teaching is fully present in your being. That is, you carry your students with you. You think about them when you are not teaching. Teaching and being become intertwined. Number nine, you allow students to see you. You're not simply your topic or your role. You're human and you are present. You and you present this human side to your class. How much of you should be seen as always something that should be cited by you, your students, and your particular teaching situation. How much of you should be disclosed? Number 10, you seek to understand. There are always reasons why humans act the way they do. No behavior can truly be understood without understanding in which the behavior is displayed. No behavior can truly be understood without, underst- without understanding, without an understanding in which the behavior is displayed. Sometimes negative behaviors is a healthy response to an unhealthy situation. Number 11, you stand up for what you believe. When you see something detrimental to students or their learning, you're willing to stand up and speak out. Standing up for what you believe and speaking out is not always easy. Some people may not like you. There'll be some uncomfortable moments, but having the rights of a professional educator comes with responsibilities. You are responsible for educating the public, for speaking truth to power, for identifying effective and the, and uh, uh, identifying effective practices. In this way, you'll be agents of change. Now, national organizations or teacher preparation programs often try to define teacher professionalism. Attributes defined by these organizations usually have to do with surface-level attributes or some absurdist notion related to Charlotte Danielson. However, insisting that others hold your values and philosophy is the ultimate form of domination and subjugation. And I do not believe in that. Teacher professionalism.